Welcome into another edition of Sportball with Squam, Stogie, and Skulldog. I'm your boy Sam. Not with us today is Seth because he's a traitor and we hate him. But with me as always is my good friend Kyle, the incomparable, the unconscious, the toit. Kyle's and welcome. <laughs> How we doing? We also have a special guest, Bethany, my new dog, who is chilling with us as well. Bethany, anything to say? We should have done video so she could be on. So our no viewers could have seen her. She's like LeBron. She doesn't really talk, so. Mm. <laughs> All right, we have a lot to cover, Kyle. Too much, honestly. But first, how you doing? Great. Just came back from the motherland of Ireland. The homeland for some. For some, like Are you, you. Irish? Uh, part, yeah. What are you, what are you Italian or some I? shit? How do Italian, I not even know this? German, Polish, Irish, and wait for it. Native American on both sides. He's a mutt. I'm a Native American mutt. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, well, you visited the homeland of Ireland, had some Guinness, and now you're back and ready to rock. You basically missed free agency for the NBA. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I followed it, except I had to wake up, and that's when I saw everything that happened, because I was six hours ahead. Oh. So. But emotionally, seven hours behind. Right. Good girl. <laughs> <laughs> so... We got to hit everything in NBA free agency because, I mean, this is certainly, this summer was the most player movement I've ever seen in my lifetime and probably maybe the most in the history of the NBA. We saw a lot of shifts in a lot of teams in terms of, like, top and bottom, you know. <laughs> Brooklyn Nets, two years ago, one of the worst teams in uh, the NBA do you prefer top or bottom? I'd rather not Which say. One? Okay. Prefer to the middle, but um, <laughs> yeah, two years ago, one of the worst teams in the NBA to now having one of the best players of all time on their team and mm. one albeit of the best point guards of our coming, generation on their team. Albeit coming off of Achilles. Uh, right, injury. which we'll talk about. But. Yeah, and 40% of the league was free agents. So, you know, even we're mostly going to talk about the, the big name players here, but there are a lot of smaller movements, too. And I've certainly never seen a flurry like that before. And it was one of the most exciting moments in the NBA that I can remember, you know, at least non games related. Yeah, 100%. I never put my phone down anyways, but that really gave me a reason to not put it down, you know? At least you had an excuse. Right. So the first thing I want to hit was the most recent thing that happened. Um, Kawhi Leonard held held out on us. He really he he made his weight. He titillated us. You might say it was uh, right in front of us the whole time too, as you as you told Seth and I oh, in yeah. text. Should we tell the listeners? You might as well. So as we all know, Kawhi's last year in San Antonio, he had medical issues and didn't play. So why didn't we think of this as to his landing destinations for his future? No one knows. But he left San Antonio and went to Toronto to be coached by a nurse. He won an NBA Finals and championship, was a Finals MVP, and decided to get the hell up out of Canada and go to who, much, who better than a nurse, a doctor. <laughs> Good old doc okay, in L.A. Here's what I'm pissed about. I saw that joke on Reddit. It got 7.8 thousand... What are they on? What are they on Reddit? Of votes. Of votes. 
I literally made that same joke on the podcast, basically. Remember where I was like, oh, the coach of the year could be between a doc and a nurse? Wow, you did. <laughs> so I could have just posted that and probably gotten, you know, 8,000 upvotes. Yeah. And right now I could be famous. You could have been famous like I was. Yeah, that didn't really help our podcast listeners somehow. No. We still only have five. I don't know Shout what out, though. The boys. <laughs> our loyal listeners. T-shirts coming soon, boys. <laughs> really? No. <laughs> I could if we want. <laughs> Do we know anyone that can design a T-shirt? If any of your listeners know how to design a t-shirt, design one for us, and you'll get the first one free. Mm, Not the next few, though. (laughs) So, Kawhi went to the Clippers, but perhaps the most shocking part of the whole thing was that he went to the Clippers with Paul George, and Paul George was traded from the Thunder, which I didn't see coming at all, and I wasn't even aware he was available. Not only that, Paul George was traded to the Clippers one day before National Paul George Day in Oklahoma. Could it be a national Paul George Day <laughs> if it's just Oklahoma? Annual Paul George Day? Yeah. Yeah, that's better, I guess. So, basically, Paul George had said when he was on the Pacers that he wanted to be in L.A., right? We knew. And then, so he was traded to the Thunder, and we all figured that was a one-year rental, right? Because he had one year left on his contract. But then, he stayed on another year because, hey, he loves Oklahoma City. He loves Russell Westbrook. What's the Westbrook? What's the Westbrook? <laughs> And so we thought, okay, I guess he made his decision. Now, just one year into his new contract that he signed with the Thunder, which is a four-year deal, just one year in, he's gone to L.A. like we always expected. I was flabbergasted. So basically, apparently what happened was Kawhi, I think what happened was Kawhi wanted to go to L.A., right? And he didn't really want to join up with the Lakers super team. And, you know, I don't pretend to know Kawhi, although he's a close personal friend. And he he maybe didn't want to join the super team, but he wanted to be on L.A., so he wanted to join the Clippers, and he said, hey, get another star, and I'll come, right? That's what seemed to be happening. And so he talked to Kevin Durant about making it work. It didn't quite work out because Kevin was right too far into going to Brooklyn. He talked to Jimmy Butler about it, but Jimmy wanted to go to Miami. He also talked to Kyrie. He recruited Kyrie there, too, mm. and Kyrie was sold on Brooklyn. Yeah, and then he finally talked to Paul George, and George said, I'm in, and uh, he requested a trade from the Thunder, and the Thunder, why don't you read the, the haul? The, the Thunder, Thunder got, got a, a haul, let me tell you. So they got a record-setting package of draft picks, including four unprotected first-round picks, one protected first-round, and two pick swaps. Of those picks... OKC gets the Clippers' unprotected first-round picks in 2022, 2024, 2026, and the Miami unprotected first-round pick in 2021 and 2023, as well as pick-swapping the Clippers and OKC's picks in 2023 and 2025. If anyone's asleep, it's because we just <laughs> listed seven different numbers. The thing that really sticks out to me is there's one of them that's in 2026. So those <laughs> players are what, like 10 right now? <laughs> those fifth graders are looking real good. <laughs> good thing I've been recruiting. They're yeah. not recruiting, scouting. Right, of course. Yeah. Um, so my question is this. I have a few questions. Is it threefold, fourfold? Who's to say? We never know with you. <laughs> Is this the turning point of the, the the player empowerment era? Because this is the first time, I think, someone's one year into a four-year contract, and they said, I'm out, I want to be traded, right? 
And so that's kind of maybe the natural climax of what this player empowerment era has been because it's been getting like more and more years left on the contract that they're able to wheedle their way out of there, right? Is wheedle a word? Waddle might be. Tweedle? It's the... It's the waddle, yeah. I like that. But for some reason... So earlier this season, LeBron and Anthony Davis tried to uh, gang up together, you might say, and so... Anthony Davis requested a trade, and LeBron was trying to work with him to get him there. Now, it seems like the same exact thing has happened where Kawhi uh, made Paul George request a trade so that they could team up. Yet nobody is lambasting Kawhi and Paul George the same way that they lambasted Anthony Davis and LeBron, it doesn't seem, right? And why is that? Isn't this even worse? Uh, I just think it's because of how vocal the Lakers and LeBron and AD were about things, whereas... My favorite analogy, Kawhi himself, as being a real G, moved in silence like lasagna. Moved in silence like... Oh my god! Shout Wait, out Lil Wayne. But is lasagna really silent? I mean, I the G in lasagna down. is oh, yeah. silent. I'm not silent when I eat lasagna, I'll tell you that much. But Yeah, I think that's, I think that's the reason, right? Because I, cause I was thinking about this too. I think the reason is because of the way that clutch and lebron handled it right that they just went public and it just seemed not in good taste whereas because paul george was so private about it then he still allowed the thunder to have leverage right because teams didn't know about it they didn't know he was desperate to be traded Mm -hmm. so they just said oh paul george is available if you want him and so basically paul george did them a favor by doing that right because they were able to get this hall of picks so i think that's a big reason but still it is it makes me a little queasy i think that now a player can just have three years left on his deal and can just, you know, request a trade. I now, mean, I'm, I'm all for player empowerment, but it's just like, is anyone going to stay on their teams, you know? <laughs> I mean, we talked about it in previous podcasts, like, it's with the player empowerment thing, it's kind of the end of an era of seeing a player stay with a team for their entire career. And we talked about how Steph is probably going to be one of the last players to be this you know, face of a franchise through and through from beginning to end. For sure. So, and I think we got to talk about, too, the people I saw kind of going crazy online, like, oh, my God, I can't believe they gave up that many picks for Paul George. Kawhi made it clear to the Clippers that the only way he's going there is if they got Paul George or another, you know, one of those other players he was recruiting. So they gave up those picks to get not just Paul George, but to get Kawhi. So for sure, I mean, it's not like they gave up the picks for one player and that one player being Paul George. Because without those picks being given to OKC, they wouldn't have Kawhi either. Right. But on the flip side, if you're the Thunder, you did only trade Paul George for those right. picks, so you did very well. There. Yeah. Um, and I think part of the reason that the price got so high was and I don't know how legit or how far this got, but they also engaged with the Raptors, right, in talks. So if Kawhi were to return to the Raptors, um, the Thunder were planning on sending, or they offered them at least, sending Paul George and Russell Westbrook in return for Siakam and some picks, I believe. And I don't know how far along that got, but I think that really panicked, I mean, not panicked, but pushed the Clippers to offer a great offer to beat the Raptors, right? Because that, they didn't yeah. want Kawhi to return to Toronto. So Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> when you have the opportunity to get a player like Kawhi, who we've seen is a 
probably top three playoff NBA player in the NBA, and your team last year, when no one thought you were going to you know, do well, at least as well as they did, were able to, um, you know, that's just something you have to do. If you can improve your team by getting two of the best on-ball defenders in the NBA, two all-stars in the NBA, and two of the best, like, corner three-point shooters in the NBA to add to a squad with one of, if not the best on-ball guard defender in Pat Beverly, like, that's just a lockdown team in crunch time. I don't know what, what other teams are going to do. So do you do you consider them the favorites for the title? Uh, I think so, yeah. I, have a, I think it's very close between them and still the Lakers. I have a few qualms. Um, one being that Paul George had surgeries on both his shoulders, which is actually worse than having it on just one of your shoulders. Um, and he isn't even going to be ready for the start of the season. And my other qualm is that, I don't know if this is really that much of a concern, but don't you feel like Paul George and Kawhi are basically like very similar players? Like if I were to pick one player in the league who's giving me 90% of what Kawhi gives me, I think it would be Paul George, right? I feel like they have very similar games. So, yeah, and, and that's, that's, just... that's good because your wing is, is bolstered, but then, you know, you're pretty slim in the guard in the, in the front court, perhaps. I guess, but that just, like, <laughs> helps spread the floor so much when other teams aren't even going to be able to score every, you know, not even, what, probably they'll stop or force a turnover or something like that every, you know, 70, or not 70. Uh, 70, like, <laughs> Jesus. 30% of the time. Right. Like, I guess my, my thing is, like, so when I look at LeBron and, and Anthony Davis, right? I'm like, wow, they fit together perfectly. LeBron's a pick-and-roll handler. Anthony Davis is a pick-and-roll roller, you might say. And then Paul George and Kawhi, I'm like, wow, these are both defensive stopper wings who uh, can score, you know, anywhere on the court. So, I don't know. I guess, I mean, they'll, they'll obviously make it work. It's just interesting because they play the same position. I mean, even though, like... You could you could say that, but at the same time, now you have two players that at any point could take over any game. You can have one player that's just nuts on the offensive end and just unconscious, and the other player could pick up the load on defense on the mm-hmm. other end. And then even if both of them do somehow have an off night, you still have Lou Williams on that team. Sweet baby Lou. That's the thing that also really excites me, what you just said. Like, I know I said LeBron and AD are a great fit, but... You know, big men, really, it's hard to go to big men late in games to run the offense through them, right? So it's going to be LeBron at the end of games, not Anthony Davis. But when you look at the Clippers, right, we've seen Kawhi and Paul George hit clutch shots from anywhere on the court. So that's a huge advantage, right, when it comes to the playoff playoff basketball because you just need someone who can create their own shot at the end of the games. So, yeah, I think despite... You know, a few minor issues that I said. I think they should probably be the favorite for to win the finals as well. But I will say that there's probably you know, legitimately ten teams who can look at themselves and say we really have a shot at winning the finals this year. Yeah, I think it's exciting. a very like wide open race still. But I still don't know how you say anyone else is the favorite besides the Clippers. Like I said, I mean, yeah. you could probably make a case for the Lakers just because you have. LeBron the best player of our generation and 
arguably the best big man of our generation, who, if he's healthy, we've seen, could put up, you know, 30 and 12 for a season. So, but still, the Clippers have great depth still. Definitely. Incredible depth. Like, you still got Montrez, too. Yeah. Who, in that second unit with Sweet Lou, is just an incredible pick-and-roll player. And even Zubak showed last year how serviceable he'll be, especially when he's, you know, he's not going to be asked to be any type of focal point or anything, and no one ever thought he would, but Mm -hmm. he just has so much less to worry about now. And with those other players that they have that are going to space the floor, he's going to have one-on-one matchups all game. And he showed that he could, you know, he could put up with and and not dominate, but in some instances did dominate those one-on-one matchups because he's a young player, and he showed a lot when he was right. with the Lakers and everyone was out for a month and a half. Like, he was he was double-doubling almost every night. But here's the thing, though, what I just thought of. Say these two teams meet in the playoffs, who's covering Anthony Davis on the Clippers? That's the, yeah, that's the they one thing. They need, like, thing. a rim protector kind of center, don't they, you know? That's the one thing. Like, they don't have – that's the that, – like I said, that's the one thing that I'm nervous about come playoff time when they do play each other is Anthony Davis has shown, especially the last season when he played the Clippers, like he completely dominated them and their big men didn't change at all. So unless, you know, my guy, Kevin Gelly is going to start getting some good, good minutes. um, Say his first name. Mafiendu. Ah, got it this time. I'm just going to call him MF though. (laughs) Motherfucking Kevin Gelly. Um, Who has been great in the summer league. I get it's just the summer league, but mm-hmm. everyone knows I've had a hard on for Kevin Gelly for Oh, that's what that's for? For yeah. Jesus, you've been hard for months. I didn't know what it was about. <laughs> so, to put the kids to bed, I swear to God. Yeah, I, I don't I think they're great though. I think it's gonna be a really fun season, that's for sure. Um I forgot they even I'm, got Mo Harkless. Mo Harkless more problems though. That's true. I'm really excited. How could you be Mo Harkless? <laughs> Kanye West. Rip. Rip. <laughs> I'm planning on killing him tonight. <clears throat> I really um, am excited about this war for LA that's about to happen. Never before has both the Clippers and the Lakers have a legitimate shot at winning the finals ever in the history of the NBA. And now we get this war over LA, and I'm they share the same arena. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like it's like when you're fighting with a roommate, basically. <laughs> I can't wait for that first game. You know that's for sure got to be like a Christmas matchup too, right? Ooh, that would be dope. That's got to be a Christmas matchup. Yeah, I hope so. Um, do do we have any concern, just kind of doubling back a little bit about the player movement, do we have any concern that Paul George left OKC for LA, that uh, Durant and Kyrie left for New York? You kind of connect, connect the dots here and uh, the big cities seem to be winning. And I say this is, but I say this is maybe something the league doesn't want because Giannis is up. This next one that's up in twenty twenty one, and his decision may kind of impact what they do in the next CBA because if he leaves Milwaukee and it's um, and it's ugly, you know they might want to consider. I don't know what what they can do. Maybe make the contracts longer or shorter or something. But I as think, we saw, it doesn't matter the contract length, right? <laughs> well, I think that. You know, right now, I'm guessing that Adam Silver, the goblin himself, is looking at the league and saying, hey, we're in a great place, right? And this player movement has gotten fans excited. But he's probably thinking, 
we're right on that edge of this being a problem, don't you think? Especially with the Paul George and the Anthony Davis moves. Yes and no. I mean, isn't this like obviously we love being able to cheer for a player or a specific team because they have said player. But how awesome is it that now, two years in a row, like the landscape in the NBA has changed so much? Yeah, but I bet, like, I'm betting that, you know, all the small market owners are pretty pissed right now, right? Yeah, but I mean, this is, I think we kind of talked about this uh, podcast or two ago. Like, that's the thing is, um, being in a small market, like, we were arguing you know, making it to the playoffs is huge for those teams. Yeah. Like, that's all good and great, but... Good and great. (laughs) I'm not (laughs) trying to... If I'm those teams, I want to put myself in position to win a championship because of how small that window could be to win one. That's fair. Like, you can't hold on to assets for too long and then, you know, just try to get the next Zion or the next LeBron or something, hope that happens in a draft... Like, you got to make the moves when you can make them. Like, like what Utah is doing. Utah's a small market team, but mm-hmm. everything they've done this offseason and everything they've done since they drafted uh, Spida Mitchell. Did you know that was his nickname? Yeah, but yeah. why, though? I'm not sure, but his new shoes are awesome. Why? What's What about him is spidery? I mean, he only has four arms. Does he? <laughs> he only has four arms. <laughs> so he's almost there. He's two-thirds <laughs> of the way, if we're including legs. Um but, like, teams that are small markets need to do things like that and improve as much as they can in short terms while they have good players, like with Milwaukee, another small market team, and what they've been doing over the last year and a half. And, like, I don't feel bad for the other small market teams that aren't doing that because, like... Dude, Charlotte is the worst the worst case of this. Dude, don't even get me started. Like Charlotte deserves to be moved out of that city. So honestly. does Oklahoma City. Well, I wouldn't say that because I think that... Give them back to Seattle. That, well, that, I would love to for Seattle to have a team, but I mean, I think that Sam Presti is a good GM and the move he just made is a good move. Yeah, and then, you know, who's to say what's going to happen with Westbrook now because he yeah, went to that. the front office and since Paul George is gone started talking about what his future is going to be, and they're open now, finally, to, uh, reports came out today, they're fielding offers. And it sounds like Miami is kind of the front runner in that race, but in my mind doesn't make any sense for Oklahoma to send Westbrook to Miami, considering... They got, what was it, a 2021 unprotected pick from Miami. Why would you trade your best player to Miami and make them better over the next year or two and decrease your odds of getting a high draft pick? That doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Also seeing talks of the Bulls making a move for him, which also doesn't make sense. Like you I just got, that. You're going to have to include Kobe White in that, and we haven't even seen him in an NBA game. But I, I like Kobe White a lot, and you know I don't want to – Great. It'll be fun watching an, a Bulls game and seeing Russell Westbrook go for 30, 15, and 12 every night, but still losing by <laughs> 25 points because sure. no one else could do anything. And the thing is, so Russell Westbrook is obviously an all-NBA player and has been in the past, but he's 31 now. He's uh, seems like every year he has knee surgery, like <laughs> just gets it cleaned out, you know, check under the hood. 
Um, and his contract goes up every year. There's four years left, and the last year is $47 million. Um, most consider it one of the worst contracts in the league. But that being said, he's still an All-NBA player. And, <clears throat> I mean, if I'm a if I'm a team that doesn't have a chance to win the title, but that I just want to, you know, contend for the playoffs, like Miami, for instance, I might take a, I might take a, a gander at Westbrook. But if I'm a title contender or a rebuilding team, I wouldn't, right? So for the Bulls, I wouldn't want to take on that contract. And then if I was a contending team, like, I don't know who else is interested, but I don't think he's, you're winning a title with Westbrook. I mean, unless he's like your third best player. And we've shown that your ceiling with Westbrook is your best player is a first-round exit, and even as one of your best two players, right? So I think Miami would make some sense for him because obviously we know Miami's M.O. They just want to stay relevant. They just want to stay playoff-bound. Uh, that's what Pat Riley wants. He doesn't want to tank or rebuild. He just wants the playoffs every year. I could see that being viable for them. Uh, the Spurs, I've heard talks about. Um, because obviously they have a similar mindset too, where they just want to stay competitive. But they have good young guards, though. <clears throat> the other thing too is, what are you sending Demar back in that trade? Like, why would the Thunder want Demar, right? Why would you want Demar? I mean, why would anyone want Demar on their team? I want Demar in a grave. That's why I want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've heard, you know, it would be a little saucy. Hit me. The Detroit Pistons. Oh, if you I can have keep heard that. Drummond and send a couple of your shorter big contracts away. Drummond and Blake, like or you have Reggie, to get rid of Blake? You send Reggie back. No, no, no. You keep Blake yeah, okay. and Drummond, and you say, "Hey, we we got Blake, Drummond, and Russell." Because all Detroit cares about is making the playoffs because they have that new arena they're trying to fill. Yeah. So that would be interesting. I'd love to see him in the East, just because it's he open. can at least make the playoffs. It's in the wide East. open. Like if you have just Russell and then he's your best player, you can still make the playoffs in the East. And I don't think that's true in the West. Like if if the Thunder kept Russell, I don't, don't. Do you think they would make the playoffs? I think no. I don't think they make the playoffs this year. New Orleans has a better chance of making the playoffs than OKC at this moment in time. New Orleans can eat my ass. Get the hell out. The whole city. <laughs> New Orleans, home of poutine in the United States. I love me some poutine. Oh, me too. Isn't that also like a Canadian thing? Yeah, it's from Canada. But New Orleans is. It's See, that's the... what I don't understand about poutine. It's like both a southern <laughs> thing and a Canada thing. Two worlds collide. One dream. <laughs> Um, let's talk about what this means for the Raptors. So they didn't get Kawhi back to their team. But obviously, if you're a fan, I think you're happy with the outcome, right? I mean, it's still Th- this a is what great I'm... trade for you. Obviously, you won the championship, yeah, exactly. so it's worth it. Like, this is what I was talking about. Like, you do what you can when you have a window of opportunity to win the championship. And Toronto did that. And lo and behold... They won the championship this year. But the thing is also, we, we don't need to rehash this, but the thing is also, like, that made the most sense for the Raptors because they didn't really give away any assets that they cared about, right? They don't care about DeMar. He's, you're not winning a championship with DeMar. They gave away DeMar and Jakob Pertl, right? Whereas, you know, if you're the Celtics, you're giving away one of your younger players like Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum that you didn't want to part with. You know who DeMar is. That's what I'm yes, saying. Yes, but at the same time, that's like what I'm talking about where... You have these young guys, and yes, you think they might be great, but you don't know. When you can get a star that you know is great, with such this small window of winning, that that's something that you should do. I mean, we've talked... Uh, there's no... I can't argue with you, because obviously <laughs> the ends justify the means, and they won the championship. But, 
I think that given the information at the time, that was the correct decision by the Celtics. But we've already said all that. <clears throat> yeah. I th- I'm really excited, honestly, to watch the Raptors next year because obviously we saw what um, Siakam could do being the second or third option on a team. And now I think we get to see him take a leap this year. I hope so. And kind of, like, he's shown flashes of the type of player like Giannis was when Giannis first entered the league. Just, like, the same similar build. And he actually has a jump shot, too. If he could, you know, put on, say, 10, 15 more pounds of muscle, and if he's going to start taking stuff to the rim like Giannis does... What stuff is he taking to the rim? (laughs) Don't get me started. (laughs) I'm just really excited to watch him grow being... You know, the first or, you know, maybe second option some nights. But I think he transcends to that first option on the Raptors team while Lowry just, you know, continues to be the the distributor and, you know, the one man running the offense while nope. all the offense pretty much... Jesus Christ, Bethany. LeBron never makes as much noise. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I'm really excited for them. I think... Uh, see if they have like win totals for next year while you keep talking and because uh, I like the Raptors probably to go over their win total next year let me see if I can find it though well here's the thing though with them first of all I agree with what you're saying about Pascal I'm hoping he kind of turns into a bona fide all-star next year that's what I'm looking out for him but they have so many expiring contracts they have Marcus All, Serge Ibaka and Kyle Lowry all coming up uh, after 2020 so what I'm betting they do is they kind of wait, you know, maybe till halfway through the year, see how the team's looking. And if it's not going well, I think they flip those contracts for some assets, don't you? Because those are obviously very, you know, gettable contracts. Teams love expiring contracts, and they have three pretty good ones. So that's what I'm guessing they do. Or maybe they just they keep them all and try to make a run. I mean with the team that they have with Pascal if he takes a step forward and the same title team they had last year without Kawhi they're probably what you know a four or five seed maybe even a top three seed in the east yeah so but the one thing with the Wintel I would just watch out for them making some moves that's all because I think they have the opportunity to do that I filibustered long enough have you found anything I'm trying to pull it up um there's win totals for all teams it's just from it's not from like Vegas books that's the problem that's why I didn't like going from this but um so it looks like there's some discrepancy uh I just had this pulled up that's why you're you're like oh my gosh there's nothing on the screen um honestly you lose your badges in Palcast researcher (laughs) get the hell out of here uh some discrepancy for the Raptors win total it was um if this thing would load before uh, when I just had it up before I got off the page, it was uh, one place had it at um, 45 and a half. Oh, here it is. 45 and a half, and then another place has it at 52 and a half. So anywhere from 46 to 53 games. Say it's on, say we'll cut the difference and say 50 games or for over under wins. <laughs> it's not, you cutting the difference. No, it's not, but, uh, you know. Um, I think I like the over. I uh, just be cautious of some trades in January. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, obviously, but <sighs> I'm glad we went through that and looked up their win total. This isn't right. 
<laughs> okay. I did want to talk about the Lakers real quick because the three teams involved uh, for Kawhi were the Raptors, Lakers, and Clippers. Um, the Lakers weren't able to sign any free agents because they were waiting on Kawhi. And then after they realized Kawhi was going to the Clippers, they made a flurry of signings that don't really um, that don't really twiddle you in the right places. You know, they, they re-signed. They brought back Rondo and JaVale. Don't move the needle too much. They signed Quinn Cook. <clears throat> I like the Warriors. Sure, I like him, but do I love him as a, you know, I don't know. I mean, he's he's a fine off guard, but it probably means that Rondo's playing most of your minutes as a point guard, right? I think we kind of see a split between Rondo and Quinn. Mm, yeah. Um, they did sign Danny Green, which I think they had to do. Uh, they did pay that's him a great too signing. much, but... Uh, at that point, you got to lock him down. Cause I think without getting Kawhi, and based on the free agents available, the Lakers did the best job they could um, after striking out on the, you know, getting Kawhi. They bought they brought KCP back in like 12 years so he could miss every open three that he looks at. So that's exciting. The one thing that's, you know, a weird signing was the most recent with Avery Bradley. Um, if... You know, he could go back to the lockdown defender Avery Bradley from, you know, the when he was playing in Boston and Memphis. Um, then I think it's a great signing. But if he is the player that we saw the majority of the last year for the Clippers, I don't really know how much he brings to that team. The Clippers? He was on the Clippers? Wasn't he on the Pistons? No. Oh yeah, you're right, you're right. Last year. Dude, he looked so bad. He looked decent though at the end of the year. I don't know what happened. It's like every uh, some nights, I don't know what he would eat before the game, or he'd eat his Wheaties in the morning, and then he decided like he could play in the NBA again. <laughs> Is that specifically for the dog? <laughs> I just started getting the dog water from my Chipotle cup. Just to really freak Kyle out. This I hope a, you drink from it. This is a great podcast audio. Um, yeah, I mean, he could be a good piece for them if he really reaches his defensive peak. I think Danny's my favorite signing out of that because oh, they really 100%. needed shooting. Yeah. And I think they've kind of tried to actually surround LeBron with shooting this time, which they didn't do last year because they said they wanted toughness for some reason. So I think they did reasonably well given the free agents that are left. And, of course, you have to wait for Kawhi, right? I mean, we don't... I'm not going to begrudge them for doing that because what else are you going to do, right? He's a, like you said, he gives you a top three playoff player. You're going to wait to sign other players if you can give a chance to them. So I don't, I don't blame them for that, do you? No, and I also heard that uh, Corver's going to get bought out and that one of the three teams he was looking at is the Lakers, so that's another be nice deadly three-point shooter. Isn't he like 45 now, though? But the man, he, he doesn't stop running when he's on the court. If yeah. anything, at least he tires out one other player on the other team. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what's funny about this whole Kawhi thing, too? We should wrap up the Kawhi thing soon. But <laughs> we just didn't know what was going on at all, right? I mean, this is a very quiet superstar, and he handled his business behind closed doors. At one point, we heard he was definitely going to the Lakers. At one point, we heard he's definitely going to the Raptors. At no point I hear he's definitely going to the Clippers, and that's who he ends up on. Just an incredible process. He really, he really kept us, kept us in the weeds. That's what I was saying. Real G's moving silence like lasagna. And I've told you I chow down lasagna. <laughs> Let's hit the other big signings. Um, the Brooklyn Nets got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. 
Um, is this is this a meaningful thing that they got them over the Knicks? Uh, yes, I'd say so. Is there a shift of power in New York? Yes. Well, I mean, one hundred percent. Look at the two players that they just. got. I guess I meant just like and fan really base wise, you know, shift in power like. The Knicks have been ass, and they still are ass, right. and they're still going to be ass. But they still have way more fans, and they're still, you know, obviously... I don't like, think for much longer, though. You think this is this is going to start a shift in New York where fans I start... I hope so. Yeah. Mm. I could see it. It'll be interesting, obviously, to see what KD is like when he comes back from his injury after this year. But, I mean, we saw what LeBron and Kyrie could do, and we also saw Kevin Durant on a team where he didn't... You know, he was fine with not being the primary ball handler and Kyrie being the player he is and loving to handle the ball as much as possible. You have two of the best scorers in the NBA on the same team now. Um, I'm excited for that future. Obviously, locker room-wise, we know that Kyrie is ass. So I'd like to see... You know, what Durant's going to do to kind of put Kyrie in his place. And, you know, if he tells Kyrie, like, dude, just shut your mouth at press conferences and shit. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting. I think that, that obviously you have to do this if you're Brooklyn. But there are a few red flags. Uh, chiefly among them that KD tore his Achilles. And no player that we've seen tear his Achilles in the NBA has ever... <clears throat> come back to his peak of his powers before the injury. Now, if you still have 85% of Kevin Durant, you know, that's still probably an all-NBA player, but it's certainly not maybe the top 10 all-time NBA player that he was turning out to be. The other concern is uh, Kyrie is a big concern. I just don't know, especially this first year, I really don't understand what's going to be different about Brooklyn than the Celtics, right? He's going to another young team who had success in the playoffs before he got there. Um, he's, I mean, like, is he not going to do the same thing he did in, in Boston? I just, I would be worried about that, right? Is he just going to, is he going to be more impressed with these young players? Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe the KD thing looming over it will, you know, make him more mellow, but... I don't know. Like, those two guys are notoriously cantankerous, right? And now you're putting them together. There's definitely a high risk of failure there, I feel like. Yeah. But there's also uh, an incredibly high, high ceiling. It's high risk, high reward. And you That's gotta, what we're you about on to, this podcast. You have to do it. Like I said, if you are gonna, if, <laughs> if you can get two all-stars of their caliber on the same team, you have to do it. Yeah. Which brings me to another point I wanted to bring up. It was reported that the Knicks never offered or didn't want to offer Kevin Durant the max. Which is the weirdest thing to me. Like, it just you've seems made like they, damage control, though. Yeah, but they've made so many stupid trades and stuff over the last five years and paid the dumbest players however much money. Where was that, that now, logic yeah, when they signed Amari on one knee? That's what I'm saying. Like, now is the time where you draw the line when you can get. <laughs> the second best player of our generation on your team, even if he's coming off an Achilles injury, you're like, that's it. We're not going to take the chance on that. Here's what I think what happened. Doing? Here's what I think happened. It came out that, that KD wanted to go to Brooklyn and didn't even consider the Knicks. 
And then James Dolan was like, uh, put something out there that we didn't want to offer the Max. <laughs> we'll look good. So I'm guessing there was a little bit of hearsay on that. Hearsay? Hindsight. Hearsay. And I'm here saying it. <laughs> For the Knicks, listen, obviously this is embarrassing and disappointing. And it is catastrophic, right? Because halfway through the year, we expected both Kyrie and KD to end up in the, in the Knicks uniform, and that didn't happen. But I don't think they're necessarily screwed, do you? I mean, they don't have any right big contracts. They're not taxed out. They have a few interesting young players, you know, RJ, Mitchell, Kevin Knox, if you think he's going to be good. So, Alonzo Trier. I mean, Alonzo Trier's ceiling is like a good <laughs> six man, right? But So, I mean, I don't think this is like the doom of the Knicks, but it is, <laughs> it is pretty bad. Their win total next year is... Uh, 28 and a half. The New York Knickerbockers. Remember when I said they'd make the playoffs? And I'm going under on that. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> and it's interesting that we saw, too, that um, the two biggest free agents were Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard, right? And they, one of them wanted to go to L.A., one of them wanted to go to New York. And they chose the Nets and the Clippers, which have long been the, the little brothers of the Knicks and the Lakers, and they chose them presumably partly because they're better-run organizations with front offices that they feel are more competent. That's got to mean something, right? I mean, isn't that doesn't it seem like players are valuing that more than just like what, front the offices? lore of, of the Lakers or the lore of the Knicks and how they're huge markets, right? They say, I want to be in the city, but I want a well-run team. And yeah. I think that's something that's started to happen over the last decade. Yes. <laughs> I'm so confused in terms of the Knicks of what they've done since they struck out on Kevin Durant. And deciding that they're going to sign every free agent that's a power forward. That's what I didn't get. So they signed Julius Randle, which, fine, that's a good signing. I like Julius. They signed... Uh, Bobby Portis. <laughs> Bobby Portis, which, fine, whatever, he's a young player. Then they, they signed, signed Todd Gibson, <laughs> who is pretty old and plays the same position as those guys. I'm not really sure why that happened. Um, I mean, they made... A flurry of small signings, which is fine. Whatever. You had to fill up your cap space. Plus, but... Wayne Ellington and Alfred Payton so far as well. And, you know, it's fine to take a chance in Alfred, who's like a young player who hasn't found himself yet. But, I mean, it's obviously hugely disappointing to have those guys over Kevin Durant. <laughs> they might also get Marcus Morris, too, as a power forward. <laughs> no, Marcus went to... Um... It's not... A, it, didn't compl- it didn't go through. They haven't completed the signing yet with the Spurs. Really? And... There's talks as of today that he might back out of that to sign a one-year deal for 15 mil with the Knicks instead of the two-year of 20 with the Spurs. Well, he can play some three at least, right? <laughs> I guess. They just start five power forwards. I just don't understand. Like, Unless they're just trying to be like, well, at least one team is going to need a power forward by the trade deadline. Let's I swear get, to God, if you need a power forward. Let's try to get an a- asset from it. Uh what That's my only that? thought. I don't. <laughs> what about the Warriors on the other side of it? So they lost KD. Um, they have Steph going in next year. They have no Clay because he tore his ACL. He'll until... be back uh, after the All Star break, presumably. Right, but they also made maybe that was this is maybe the most surprising signing, or it was to me. They signed D'Angelo Russell, which I didn't even consider him going to them. Um, I think what happened was they realized that they needed a stopgap while Clay's out to, to be in contention for the playoffs. So D'Angelo can start next to Steph while Clay's out. They can kind of evaluate how well he works in their system. And then come January, or maybe you know after the first year, they can flip him because he's a highly sought-after uh, product 
and product that was felt so informal jesus he's a person (laughs) (laughs) so i'm guessing that's their strategy um because i don't really see a long-term fit of him and clay and steph right because you got three guards there and d'angelo and steph are both a liability at times on the defensive end um and clay would just have to shift up the three so i'm not sure that's the long-term that's the long-term solution but I'm guessing that they got him as a trade asset as well. We can't be playing fetch while we're doing this. I hope you know that. <laughs> I just want to give her one good throw, you know? We play fetch with LeBron when he comes on. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, it's such a... I woke up in Ireland and saw that, and I was like, what the hell? I don't... It was such a weird signing, and I didn't think about it the time that Clay is going to be out for at least half the year. Yeah. So you kind of have another guard to take his spot. Right. But once Clay is back, it's just going to be such a weird dynamic of all three of them, unless you're going to bring D'Angelo off the bench as a sixth man at that point, which seems weird for his contract and There's no way. what he showed he could be last year. You know, it's just... It's got to be a think, trade asset. Yeah, I don't they think they he, have to be trying to flip him at some point. I don't point, think he survives more than a year on that team, but... They, I think they're kind of thinking, we lost KD, you know, who's the best asset out there? And they went and got him, and they'll figure it out later. That's what I think, which is, I think, pretty smart. Um, do you see them as a top four team in the West next year? Top four? Uh, I think you have to still. Probably be the fourth, though. I think they might be They might be in the lower half. <laughs> what did I say last time? They'd be fifth, exactly? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, obviously, Clippers one. I'd probably say Lakers two. Rockets then, still have to be up there. Yeah, I guess, but at the same time, the Rockets didn't do anything to improve, and you have the uh, the Jazz and the Nuggets, the Jazz who have improved immensely, and then the Nuggets who just traded for Jeremy Grant, who I think is a great signing for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'd have one of them three, and then the other of the two, or the Warriors being four. Because yeah. you have to think about it's it. It's just well, so stacked in the West. Well, what you, well, we saw last year when, or in the playoffs when uh, KD and Clay were out was how great we were reminded the you know one-two punch of just Draymond and Steph could be. I really hope Steph just has like a MVP season. I'm just I think he is. Just... I think he's going to have – I think he has a incredible shot of winning the MVP next year – by being the one guy on his team again. That's really what I want. He's one of my favorite players, and that, I'm hoping he does, just has a fuck you season. Because, you know, he was always kind of like, well, he's just not as good as Kevin Durant, you know, which is true. But, but at the same he's time, also still a top five player. The fans loved him over Kevin Durant. So, Speaking of the Rockets, which we did briefly, um, I've got a red rocket right now. How about you? So is Bethany. What? <laughs> She's a girl. <laughs> um... Nobody's really talking about them, but, like, they spent all this time gearing up to play the Warriors, and they spent all this time being an elite team in the West that just couldn't get through the Warriors, but were their best challenge. Now the Warriors' dynasty has crumbled. They are only left to Steph. This is the time where the Rockets should be able to seize seize this moment and make the finals, and they're all <laughs> bitching at each other over there. I mean, if they can, if they can just find a way to reconvene after... Even after Daryl Morey saying he was going to trade the entire team, <laughs> I mean they still have to be a favorite, right? I mean they, like this is their chance. Yeah, 
I mean, I thought it was their chance last year and the year before when they were... Did you ever publicly apologize for that? I never will. <laughs> but, I don't know. Like, you have another year on Chris Paul, who has shown that he's deteriorating. Um, At a alarming rate, truly. Really. Yeah, but the thing is, I guess, with James Harden, is every year we've seen him over the offseason add, add something else to his game to elevate him so what I'm interested to see in next year is what does Harden do over this offseason to add to his game well if he if he gets that floater down that he's comfortable shooting it often in the playoffs when they're dog style defending him you know <laughs> I mean then he's pretty much unguardable right you'd think so yeah I just I still think he is like the most unguardable player but even though I just said that they should be you know finals contenders I just I've seen it too many times in the playoffs with Harden. I just don't trust him anymore. And it's, I mean, he he should be reaching that ceiling where he's like a top 20 player all time in the NBA, and he just hasn't performed in the playoffs. I'd like to see it, but I just, I haven't, you know? Yeah. And I know that makes you sad to your core. <laughs> they're a very interesting case study going into this upcoming season. I don't know if they're going to make any moves because they haven't done anything yet. Yeah. And like we said, so many other teams in the West have improved so dramatically that they haven't done anything to improve themselves to, you know, obviously it was always Houston and the Warriors. Right. And now it's the Clippers, the Lakers, the Jazz, and the Nuggets. Right. Plus still the Warriors. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. It's like I said. I think Denver. You know, they didn't make any moves until just a couple of days ago when they made that trade for Jeremy Grant, and I love that signing for them. Obviously, Jeremy Grant can defend almost every position very well, especially since Porter got re-injured. So that's kind of their their right. Porter assurance, you know. Yeah, that and uh, he can knock down threes. He's awesome around the rim. Um, you know what? I'm pretty awesome around the rim, too. I've said that before. <laughs> about you, at least. Um, yeah, I, I'm just so excited. I wish the season started tomorrow. Oh, it actually does. Did I tell you? Summer League's been going on, at least. That's been enjoyable. I always get that so... has not been enjoyable at I, all, actually. I just believe everything I see in Summer League, and that's never true. Like, I'm like, all oh, these players doing so well. Jackson Hayes for... Uh, New Orleans yesterday had scored more points in his first summer league game than he had in any game in his college career. Wow! <laughs> do you see? Do you see China beat Charlotte in yeah. the summer league game? I mean, is that the lowest that Charlotte's any, terrible? Yeah, any team's gone. Whoever China played today, they almost beat too. Yeah, they got some good players over there. <laughs> oh no, I, I lied. It wasn't China. It was. Uh, this would pull up. I can't remember. I was watching it earlier. Oh, Croatia almost beat OKC, or did they? You got Croatia and Croatia China lost Minnesota? by six points or eight to OKC today. Wow, I don't know any of these players on the Croatian Did they all team. End in itch? Yeah, of course, <laughs> except for Bra- Badzim. Oh, well, speaking else. of itches, uh, Nikola Mirotic was just like, "Hey, why do why don't I just go back to Barcelona?" He was a highly sought after free agent who was going to get but he's millions getting, of dollars. Now he's getting paid even more to play less games and live in his home country. I heard his wife wanted to go to back to Barcelona, and who wouldn't? I, I want to go to Barcelona. Do you think they'll pick me up for the team? They might. I'm good around the rim. <laughs> uh, let's discuss the Sixers. So, 
a lot of changes for them. They lost J.J. Redick to the New Orleans Pelicans. They lost Jimmy Butler to the Miami Heat, but ended up turning that into a sign-in trade where they received back Josh Richardson. They I like that. signed Al Horford away from the Celtics. Um, that's all big stuff, right? So, I think whatever eyes you can get the Sixers that to either make the finals or win the finals, that's a good bet because it's either him, them or the Bucks in the East. I think um, they fixed a couple of big problems, right? First problem they fixed <clears throat> when Embiid rests, they're not screwed anymore. That was a huge problem for them. I mean, they were hemorrhaging points when when Embiid was gone because they didn't really have a backup center, right? But now you have Al Horford, who's an incredible backup center, so they should start winning those minutes. They fixed similarly. I mean, he's not going to be a backup, though. He's going to be no. But I'm just saying. Oh, okay. Well, you can always have one of them on the court, though. Yeah. Um, right. And another problem that they had was these are all Embiid-related problems. <laughs> another problem that they had was Embiid like had to take a lot of threes, basically, or wanted to because of just the way the offense worked. But now you can have Al running those handoffs and shooting those threes, and he's a much better three-point shooter. So you can have him more of the outside game as well. Plus, another, you have his experience. That's a great point, too. And another big problem it solves is uh, it's in beat insurance for when he gets injured, right, or when he want, needs to take rest. They can do a lot more load management, hopefully, because he was playing ridiculous minutes last year for someone who's had such an inju- in injury history. Excuse me. Right. So that was the big problems they fixed. Here are some huge problems that they created. Uh, they lost some shooting in JJ. Now, sure, Al and Josh Richardson are both good shooters, but they're not, like, shooter shooters like JJ, right, or like a Kyle Korver. <clears throat> so they lost some shooting, and that's going to be a big problem since their point guard uh, doesn't know how to shoot. Although Kyle's going to say he found some video of him practicing where he's hitting a bunch of shots, and I'm not He gonna... was lighting it up from three <laughs> in the most, most recent video I saw. I'm just not going to get excited about that. Hit them in a game, and I'll get excited. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but here's the biggest problem I think they have. Uh, Jimmy Butler was their basically their point guard in the playoffs in crunch time. But ben Simmons was on the dunker spot right under the basket because he can't shoot and wasn't good enough in the pick and roll because of that lack of shooting. So Jimmy was running pick and rolls, and he was taking crunch time shots, and he was creating his own shot at the end of the games. Now, they did re-sign Tobias Harris to a max, so maybe that's who they envision going into that role. But it makes me really nervous that they don't have that kind of player at the end of games. Doesn't that make you nervous? I mean, yes and no. Um, I think what we saw was obviously how ball-dominant Jimmy Butler is as a player um, kind of come to fruition last year in crunch time on that team uh, because he could do so many things that Ben Simmons couldn't do, mainly shoot. Um, But Tobias could do that too. However, he didn't have the opportunity with Jimmy kind of playing ball hog on offense. So I think they're taking a chance on Tobias being the player we know Tobias as and maybe even you know, growing more as a player with one year in the system. And they see that he could do similar, like he could create his shot. He could make shots. 
off the pick. He could do all kinds of things, and we've seen that in his career, but we didn't see it a lot last year like I think we thought we would because of pretty much Jimmy, I think. Yeah, but it does worry me a little bit that he's been on four teams and each of the teams has been like, hey, we love Tobias, but yeah, we're fine trading him. I mean, that's happened in Orlando, Detroit, uh, L.A., so I guess three teams. I don't know, he just, he's fine, but I would prefer Jimmy, which is funny because, you know, when they made the trades for Jimmy and Tobias, I said, well, at the end of the year, if I were them, I'd rather keep Tobias because he fits more as a, someone who doesn't need the ball as much and someone who's a better locker room presence. And then after the playoffs, I was thinking, keep Jimmy at all costs. I don't care about Tobias because Jimmy seemed the mo- like their most valuable player at times, you know? So, I don't know. I'd just be a little worried about that. But I obviously think they're one of the top two teams in the East along with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, why? The only question is, why did Jimmy go to Miami? Because he says that he's all about winning and he just wants, you know— these other players don't understand like the work ethic you need to win in the playoffs and he just wants to be a winner and he had the chance to return to the 76ers and most likely make the finals um but he wanted to go to miami instead i think we've saw now what jimmy's really about and i think in his point in his career he's just about the money and not championships and he got paid I think say, and he's now living in Miami, right? Miami, yeah, one of the best nightlife cities for NBA players, you know, in in the United States of America. I think he just wants to be the guy in a in a cool city, you know. That's yeah. fair. Who is Miami Center? Um, is Kelly still on the team? Yeah, I guess so. But he didn't he play more power forward last year? Myers but Leonard. He, I don't know who their center is now. Oh, they got Bam? White they start Bam. Oh, Bam. It's going to be Bam. You're right. I like Bam. Me too. As an onomatopoeia, I'm a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's very weird, but they're not going to do anything, so they're nothing to worry about. I mean, they'll make the playoffs in the East, but I could make the playoffs in the East. Yeah. Sleeper to win the East. I know what you're going to say already. Do you want me to say it? Say it. The Indiana Pacers. The Indiana Pacers. <laughs> They did some great stuff this offseason, and they announced that Sabonis is going to be their starting power forward for the year. Did you see that Darren Collison retired to become a Jehovah's Witness? <laughs> that, <laughs> Big loss for them. <laughs> that goes to show how terrible the Bulls' front office is. He was, they, the Bulls were ready to sign Darren Collison to a deal. He's like, I would the man rather and- go door-to-door and carry the word of Jehovah. <laughs> and he, he chose... The life of Jehovah over basketball. <laughs> the life of Jehovah. We are what all is, witness. <laughs> what is even a Jehovah's Witness? The witness of Jehovah. What do they believe? Like, what did they witness? Jehovah. Who's Jehovah? Is that God? I thought it was Jay Z. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone who's a Jehovah's Witness just happened to run into Jay Z at a club, and their their lives point. have been changed ever since. <laughs> but no, I I like the Pacers roster a lot, and I think. They're signing of Brogdon and stealing TJ Warren and for while um, Oladipo, you know, still recovers a little bit at the beginning of the season and, and isn't starting, Jeremy Lamb filling his spot. And when, like we said, how wide open the East is, 
they've made a bunch of really under the radar signings and additions to their team that they have a really good shot, especially like what are their odds? Their odds are I think forty to one to win the championship next year. I got forty to one is a great number. You can't lie. It's one of my favorite numbers. For a team in the East that once Oladipo's back on, I mean, last year they were what? They were a four seed? I just don't... Okay, I've I've heard this a lot. And now they just made all these additions, and Oladipo's going to be back? I've heard, this, I've heard this a lot about the Pacers, but basically what they did is they lost Bogdan Bogdanovich. He of the Bogdanovi. <laughs> and he was... Probably their second best player. I mean, he's definitely their second best scorer. When Vic went out, he was averaging twenty a game and showed that he could be, you know, the lead guy. Um, so that's a huge loss. They got back Brogdon, who's good, but he's not a star. He's not like player that can carry a team. Well, and do we know that though? He was on the team with Gian- Giannis. You always want to say Giannis. I, I do. Think. I don't know what it is. <laughs> that's true. I will concede that. I just, they're fine. They're going to be a four seed again. I don't know. And he came out of nowhere and won Rookie of the Year his first year. Like, I didn't expect him to win Rookie of the Year. I mean, they just traded, well, <laughs> that was the year that I could have won Rookie <laughs> of the Year. They traded, they they basically swapped out Bogdanovich for Brogdon and added TJ, and Thaddeus Young for TJ Ward. I just don't feel like you got better with that. I don't know. I mean, Lamb, that's fine. He's good, but like, they're still, in my mind, a middling East team with no chance of making the finals. Should we make a bet about this? We could. Or we could just put a bet down that they win the finals. Well, I wouldn't want to do that. When they win the finals next year and I'm rolling in four grand? Let's make a bet. Four grand. No. (laughs) (laughs) Ten bucks that they don't win the finals? Make it 12. I'm just kidding. 20? I guess I don't know why you'd even do this bet. What? For sure, I'll do it. Wait, no. Is this for the finals? Well, we have to do the same odds, though. So let's do... No, we don't. Here, how about this? How about this? Five dollars. If they... If they don't make the finals, you give me five dollars. If they do make the finals, I give you twenty. Okay, that's fine. We'll do a deal on that. Can you heard it a, here first. Let's. Can we bet on their win total too? Because I have a feeling you're not going to like the over. <laughs> What's their win total? I don't know. I'm well, to find it, it would concern me because Vic's out for at least some time, right? Uh, yeah, they're at uh forty six and a half. Eh, they might make that. Last year, they won forty eight. Nah, they'll probably be about the same, so I, I wouldn't take that bet. You don't want to bet the under? No. What if I put it at 47 and a half? No. All right. I mean, because there's a lot of crappy teams in the East. You can rack up a lot of regular season wins, but I think their playoff ceiling is still about the same. That's one. That's my concern. Uh, do you want to, You have any other under-the-radar signings you want to mention? I mean, uh, we already kind of danced around, but Bogdanovich for Utah I think is huge, right? Because... Uh, they didn't have enough shooting. They didn't have any scores besides Donovan Mitchell, right? And we talked about this on previous podcasts. It's hard to win when you have one person who can score, who can create their own shot. Now they have three, right? Conley, Bogdanovich, and uh, Donnie Mitchell. So I think that was a huge signing. Their win, <clears throat> their win total is at 53 and a half. That's probably about right, honestly. One it's funny because year. every media member is like, you know who is a great pick to win the West? Utah. It's like, yeah, everyone's saying yeah. that. We all realize that Utah got good. <laughs> they won 50 games last year, so do you think that Bogdanovich and Conley add four wins to that team? Absolutely. I agree. I might put a bunch of bets on win totals 
tomorrow. He's he's getting real excited. I always say this. I don't make a bet, so. He's the worst boogie that anyone's ever had. It's just, I wish that I could just go somewhere and actually put a bet down at a real sports book instead of having to do the shady online things, you know? Isn't it, is it legal in Illinois? Uh, I don't think it starts until the first of the year or later on this year. Why don't we just open up a, a boogie place? A sports book? Yeah. If any of our five listeners are looking to make bets, contact us. Also, that's not true though, because Kyle won't make the bet for you. Oh no, I was just talking <laughs> about betting me. Oh. Um, <laughs> also, still not announced. Uh, me and Merlina, however, did make a bet during the uh, March Madness on who Zion would sign to, whether it be Nike or Adidas. Mm. And I'm hearing rumblings. That it's Puma. He might sign with Puma. (laughs) Puma's nabbing all the young ones. What's happening? I don't know. All I know, though, now is I think I'm going to transition from buying Nike and Adidas shoes. I'm only going to buy New Balances. Oh, so you're becoming a suburban father? I've always loved New Balances. (laughs) I bought a pair of uh, trail running shoes, of all shoes, when I Trail running? Yeah. Why would you want to run on a trail? Bethany doesn't like that one bit. <laughs> she said, and uh, <laughs> for my trip to Ireland, let me tell you, they're the most comfortable shoes I've ever worn. Really? I mean, all yeah. New Balance shoes I've ever had are comfortable, but these. At what cost, though? Don't they $40. Make you look like an old man? Oh, <laughs> you're talking about how much I paid. Uh, <laughs> no, they're pretty stylish. Well, we're going to buy Crocs, so I guess we're not <laughs> one to talk style. Uh, what else do you want to hit? You want to hit MVP odds real quick? Uh, yes. A quick jaunt through the MVP odds. Obviously, we like the odds for our boy Big Honey because he's going to be the MVP of the league, at least in our minds. I saw something about um, all this stuff going down, all these trades happening, and Nikola Jokic is overseas in a barn training his horses. Training his horses? To do what? I don't know. I don't even know what it means, but I died. (laughs) You died? Are you okay? Laughing, yeah. Uh, Obviously, Giannis' favorite... At uh, plus two seventy, which is two point seven to one. Plus two seventy uh, to seems, win the MVP. Yeah, that's not a good bet. I don't think Curry five to one. That's a good bet. I'd love Curry to win the MVP next year. Uh, Kawhi's not a bad one. Kawhi six and a half to one. Because people are all hyped up after that championship. Uh, LeBron seven to one and Davis eight to one. I feel like they're gonna cancel each other out, like KD and Steph, don't you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I. I think it's really funny. I saw earlier uh, during um, LeBron's last MVP season, he averaged like 27, 6, and 7 or something. And last year, people are saying that he's slowing down and he averaged 28, 8, and a half, and 8. Yeah. <laughs> but I would say defensively, he's not nearly as elite as he used to be. I think he is. He just doesn't. Try. Play defense well, in the I mean, regular season. And that's fine. I mean, the MVP is a regular season award, so maybe he doesn't win another one. What's our boys... Why is Russell Westbrook so high? Because now he's the only player on his team he's going to put up absurd numbers. Oh, if he goes to Miami, they still have Jimmy, though. Yeah, but I don't think he goes to Miami. Jokic at 20-1. to 1. Okay, how have we not already bet that? <laughs> how is Jokic at 20-1? to 1? Don't you think... What if he averages what he did in the playoffs? Like 30-12-6? and 6? Dame at 28 to one's interesting, too. Dame Dalla? Dame Dalla dying. That's not bad. Where's, um... Kemba at 66 to one? This sounds crazy. But 66 to one. 
That does sound crazy. What about But Trey now Young? he's actually on a good team, on Why? a team that could, in all honesty, in all honesty, if all these assets finally decide to pan out that they've been, you know, stocking up on, if they could play well, and Boston somehow comes out of the East as the one seed, See, who's at the forefront of that? It's Kemba. I asked you... What are the odds in Boston winning the title? Dare I ask? And you laughed at me. I don't think they win the title, but if they could roll through the East in the regular season and come out with the number one seed, and Kemba at sixty-six to one just seems like a shoe in to win MVP at that point. Why is Trey Young so high on this list? What's he at? A uh, hundred to one. It's not that high. He's a napkin on defense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fine. But how how often do you think? Do they take defense into account for an MVP? It's true. Uh, do we want to discuss anything else? Um, I think after this podcast, I'm going to retire and become a Jehovah's Witness. What about you? I've witnessed Jehovah. <laughs> this is probably going to be our last podcast for a while, guys, because nothing really happens in the summer that's of note to us. So we might do a few here and there, but... Uh, we might transition to a movie podcast. I think we should. There have been talks about that. Revive the... Uh, the well, Sad Chronicles? Yeah. Rip. Without Sad, it would be The Cad. The Cad Chronicles? We can think of a better sack name. Sack Chronicles? Because <laughs> I would be... Chronicling my sack? <laughs> Why was it The Sad Chronicles? Sam and A.D. So, S, Sam. A.D. A.D. There was no A, so there should have been Sad with two A's? Well, we shared the A. <laughs> mm. So now we just replace... A.D. with K. It's the Sack Chronicles. Yeah. Sam and Kyle. Right, and we just talk about sacks. I'm All in. All forms. <laughs> I'm in. Uh, Alright, I have nothing else to say. I couldn't possibly say anything else. <clears throat> Did we miss Seth at all? I would say no. What do you say? No, I can't say that. Yet. He's galvanizing around Worthington. Bethany replaced him wonderfully. Yeah. She uh, almost only a ruckus a couple times. She's the next LeBron. <laughs> I've always said that. Well, this is it. We're signing off for a while. Um, no, we'll be back next week. And uh, if we want to start talking about it, have you watched uh, the animated Spider-Man movie, Into the Spider-Verse? Yeah, you've it's seen incredible. it. I finally watched it. I've never seen like an animation style like that. When is the second one coming out? That was probably my favorite movie I've seen this year. I think so too. Yeah, I loved it. Me too. <laughs> so if Sneak you liked <laughs> what you just heard. Tune in next time to the Sack we'll Chronicles. Just, we'll concede to our points on every movie without <laughs> any discussion. Without discussing anything. Um, all right. So uh, these are your boys signing off. Uh, Jehovah is real. Jehovah. On the third day, I think Jehovah rose again. 